All right, everybody, welcome Ooh. to episode 150 of Yeah But Still. Um, Brandon, how are you doing? I'm I'm great. We have um, a very very special guest today. A very special guest. This is this is truly the most excited you've ever been yeah. for a guest. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to reveal that right now, but I I mean I've been pretty we excited. have we have like big guests on the show. Like it's a it's a big guest pod podcast. I think in the in the podcast sphere. We're, we're bringing, doing, you know, we're, we're, bringing you know, we're bringing heat, but this is like by far the most excited you've been for any episode. You ever. too, I think, and me. Too. I'm, I'm also the very guest is sitting here listening jazz. to us. I'm also excited, by yeah. the and way. he's also excited. I am also excited. The guest so is. Uh, thank you for having Tom me. Tom Green's here. Tom thank Green. you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, I'm very um, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This truly is awesome. Welcome. a hero of mine. Wow. Well, thank you I, so much. Uh, yeah. Same. Wow, we got it. We'll fl- we're gonna flatter you a little bit in the yeah, beginning. I'm sure. That's, hey, that's yeah. why I'm I here. I mean, um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we met. At, we have. We met at the improv a couple months ago. We were just like on some show yep. together, and uh, talked briefly. Blake inter- introduced yeah, you us. You're hanging out with Blake from the Workaholics. Yes, and you. Well, I know because I was on the Workaholics once as a robot. Yes, <laughs> I was a robot m- version of myself. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, uh, wait, you played robot Tom. I Green. played robot Tom Green. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, and then I. Yeah. Uh, and then I. Then then that was it. And now yeah. And then yeah, we met. He sent a nice tweet. Yeah. Followed. Followed back. <laughs> yeah. Social media really brings people together. It really brings yeah. people together. It's amazing. Uh, it, but it also tears us apart. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're mostly going to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're going to be ta- dissecting um, social media. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm like very excited that you're here. We're excited. That's we cool. both. I mean, we both grew up watching you. I mean, really, like yeah. MTV when. The Tom Green show hit MTV. It like blew my mind. Yeah, that was 1999. Oh yeah. How old were you in 1999? Mm, I would have been like, I don't know, in middle school ish yeah. for me. And perfect, Brandon, like perfect a little bit age. younger. I was well, I was like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And so I that was. But I, I I still like I watched MTV. Yeah. Yeah. I was Probably. Like a, yeah, it was like a badass. Probably kid. warps the fragile mind of a six-year-old. Yeah, no, <laughs> it really does. MTV, and let alone my show, was probably yeah. MTV was a different thing back then. But even even with MTV being slightly cooler back then, at the time, because we have, I mean, there's probably people listening to this that are much younger than us too. But at the time, there's like, some teens. Yeah, there's some there's teens, some teens like listening for, to this for TV then and comedy. What was going on now? Yeah. It was, you know, what was on TV then was like that 70s show, Third Rock from the Sun. Um, Roseanne was still on, I think, possibly. Like, and then your show came out. More traditional yeah. sitcoms. And there was yeah. laugh tracks. I would say I, I would say that podcasting is probably the MTV of today. That's true. I agree yeah. with that. But then the Tom Green show came out, which it had already been on TV for a long time in Canada, if I'm correct. But oh, five years. Yeah. yeah. It like. But not on a real TV network. Yeah, on public access, yes. public access, but it was so. like nothing any of us had ever seen. Yeah, and um, that, and then I think Jackass was after. Like those two, I look at those two as like the first true like postmodern comedy shows that set the stage for pretty much everything that followed. Pre I mean, YouTube, yeah, pre YouTube. There was no YouTube. Absolutely not. There was no cell phones. Yes, yeah. no. Like in 1999, when I was doing my show on MTV, I didn't have a cell phone. That is that's uh, production wise. That's even a well. That's funny all of that. I didn't get a cell phone till the next year. I think year two thousand was the first year I had a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the lack of that is something that I think makes 
shows better is like when cell phones just don't exist yeah. in that universe. You yeah. know, like if you like Seinfeld, like perfect show, but like most of the problems on that show could easily be solved by just like Jerry like texting Kramer. Or yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> calling an a, Uber. Yeah, like it's like a lot of it's like a lot just of shit. Call Grubhub. It's yeah, a, it's a lot of shit on that show where it's solved. just like, oh yeah, you could just if you had a phone, this would be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> to be fair, Kramer probably wouldn't have had a cell phone in the canon of that show. Oh, but Kramer wouldn't seem like that type of guy. Kramer wasn't a cell phone guy. Yeah, he would have even if it was set now, he would probably have a deactivated phone that he forgot to pay for or something. Right. Yeah. Um but no, that was like really mind blowing to me when I when the show came out because it's like everything was pretty much, you know, your classic comedy. You mentioned there's no YouTube. There's no like there's no logging on the Internet and watching like now people watch stuff on LiveLeak and YouTube where it's like just some crazy shit that happened on the street or people do stuff on the street. Um, oh, I was like very desensitized at such a young age. Yeah. But yeah. Tom Green show came out and it was like. You know, there wasn't necessarily a premise. These episodes would start and it would just be sometimes you just like walking around the streets with a megaphone, yeah. all the stuff with your parents and everything. It was like even just the format um, was very influential on me. So that's part of the reason I'm so excited. I mean, for everyone. For everyone. The, yes. Yeah. But like the DNA. I love David Letterman. So culture, when I was yeah. growing up, I loved the David Letterman show because he was sort of you know, the first guy that I saw that came along who was kind of mocking television in a way. Yeah. You know, there'd been Johnny Carson had been on for 30 years yeah. doing the show with the desk and the guest and everyone would chat and they'd have a nice conversation. And Johnny Carson was, of course, genius and legendary broadcaster and also amazingly, you know, likable guy. Right. But he wasn't weird. It was do, like for your parents. Yeah, he, Johnny Carson didn't do weird stuff. Right. You know, he didn't do. St he, he was sort of a, a normal, nice yeah. guy. And then Letter Letterman came along and started doing weird stuff. So that was to me very exciting. But you know, I mean, it was the, the t David Letterman Taco Bell and David Letterman McDonald's. Yeah, going drive through drive-throughs. He was like working at the drive-through. Yelling these out are both the window classics. of his of his uh, <laughs> office with a megaphone yeah. at people walking by in the street. So this was throwing kind of the first shit out time of the went, window. Yeah, throwing yeah. things off the roof. Yeah. for no reason. And so this was the first time I'd seen on TV kind of that that sort of move towards raw gorilla video like yeah. that we see on YouTube now. You know where they take the camera out and they do stuff. He was used to do everything else was just in the studio, right? So, so you know, I, I was a skateboarder, and so I watched a lot of skateboard videos, which back then there wasn't, when I was growing up, there wasn't that many skateboard videos. Mm -hmm. There was like three mm -hmm. skateboarding videos. Yeah, to videos. like trade them around. Yeah, there, was, there was Animal Chin, Future Primitive, which were the Powell, Powell, Powell Peralta videos, and there was a Vision skateboard video. And that was, you know, basically the inspiration for the show but the thing that happened was they people didn't have cameras right people didn't have video cameras yeah back in that's the, true in the you know in the 80s and stuff they were expensive you know and then all of a sudden everybody started getting cameras that was kind of what what sort of spawned the uh, the show yeah and like when your show came out and jackass for me i like the first thing i did is started saving up all my lawnmower money to buy a high eight camera yeah with like no true plan i was just like oh you know i think a lot of people who wound up getting into film had that experience where it's like oh i'd need to be filming stuff with my friends yeah. we had like no plan i yeah. didn't know 
but I did just like, I bought a camera from Best Buy. <laughs> it yeah. took a while to get it. Yeah. But that was, you know, seeing that you're like, oh, I need to, I can do this stuff. It was like suddenly attainable, you know? I take it like a step, like if you follow it through, like to the, where we are now, you know, in 1999, it was kind of exciting doing that stuff because when we put that stuff on the air, no one had ever seen anything like that before and it freaked everybody out. Yeah. People were legitimately confused. Yeah, it was like, yeah, culture jamming. Yeah, it was just completely insane for people when I would pull a prank on my parents and they didn't really understand that my parents were not actors. (laughs) Right. You know, this was, you know, before people had seen even shows like the Osbournes or the Kardashians with families you know, disintegrating on television right. before your eyes. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I, I kind of started th- that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I want to I want to talk mean, about that, too. Well, the if, for for the sake of the listeners too, one of my favorite uh, parts of the Tom Green show was you took your it's probably one of the most iconic uh, segments, but you take your dad's car mm-hmm. and you take it to like a body shop yeah. and get a full graphic sex scene a lesbian sex scene painted on the hood. Yeah. And you bring it back to him as the slut mobile. And like you wake, what is it? It's like five in the morning when you yeah. wake him up with this. Yeah. And, um, I actually didn't wake him up. I just hid in the, uh, in the bushes basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, right beside the car and hours uh, for hours. And then when he got up to go in the, to work at like six in the morning, but they, I was there leg- with my camera. I popped out mad. with my camera. Yeah. He was, but mad. this was, this was like, during public access era, yeah, right? that was shot before MTV. <laughs> so uh, this is this is some that's something I think about a lot when I've like gone back and like watched some of those those specific clips. Is uh, that there you weren't even making money from this? Yet. I was not. No. no. So this was like <laughs> I was very desperate. For like attention. there there were no. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was no financial benefit like to you the, doing this. The like, financial sort of goal was to see if we could get a TV network to pick up yes. the show. So there was so sort of a did, there was a plan, right? But it was eventually, sort of, you know, it very right. easily could have not worked out. <laughs> no, yeah. absolutely. And my parents were very concerned for right. me because like that so, was just a, yeah. a a prank that existed on public access, and then you didn't get the MTV show. Yeah. When I was when I was. Uh, Okay, so when I was 16 years old, yeah, in high school, obviously I was in high school. Uh, I uh, I I saved up my lawnmower money, right, my summer job money, and I I would spend it all on uh, drum machines and samplers because I got into making hip hop beats because I loved you know Public Enemy, right? Yeah, and Tribe Called Quest and the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. So I started a rap group with my friend from high school. We got a record deal. Organized run. Yeah, we got a record deal. Yeah. And so now I was kind of like in Canadian show business. Yeah. At an early age. Like it was like you know, yeah. your age, you know, I was like, you know, younger. Yeah. yeah but I was like, you know, kind of started, you started very young, right? How yeah, old yeah. you started when you started doing I started comedy. doing stand-up were, at 17. Yeah, you were a kid, right? Yeah. How like, old were you when you started? Same kind of thing. Yeah. I yeah. was doing stand-up at Yuck Yucks at the comedy club in Ottawa yeah. when I was a teenager. And I was, uh, I was doing, uh, you know, and I had that drive you know i was a yeah. kid i was i was i was you know making fun of everything i was yeah. a goofball at school right so that record deal which you know amounted to my song playing on the radio yeah and people 
knowing who we were, but yeah. we didn't make any money because it's Canadian show business, okay. right? Yeah. So we didn't make any money. I was still living in my parents' basement. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that kind of sort of made me believe that it was possible to try to now make a TV show right. and sell a TV show. You know, yeah. I made a, I, I made a, a I made an album in my basement and yeah. got a record deal with A and M Records. Yeah. Was, now I'm gonna get a video camera. I went to school for broadcasting when I was yeah. in college. I, I when the when what we was got your, was your major television broadcasting. Yeah. yeah. So my, I, my major was broadcaster. There you go. There you dropped go. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one week. How long were you there? I was not semester? there long. Semester? Like, yeah. <laughs> not a full semester. Did not do a full semester at VCU. Yeah, you were there for like a week. And the, the oh, amount- yeah, me and you are similar scholars. Well, you he, might say I, you know are you funny? a dropout? Well, you know what's funny about that? So, kind of. So, I, when I when I got that record deal, so I, I was in the group when I was like 16 till 20 or whatever. I got the record deal when I was about 19 years old. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I was in broadcasting school. And we got this record deal. It was a big deal. They wanted us to go to Toronto and record. Yeah. So I dropped out of broadcasting school. Yeah. Went, did the record. Did that for about two years. And then uh, when we kind of like that ended, the, the group broke up. Mm-hmm. I went back to broadcasting school and I redid it. And graduated? Mm. I graduated. Wow. Oh, wow. I graduated. I graduated when I was about 24 years old. Okay. And uh, and uh, in my last year of college, I started the Tom Green Show at the public access station with a bunch of guys yeah. from my broadcasting school. So wow, I think so. yeah, and I mean, I think it's worth noting that like you know you were doing that for public access, you were doing the stuff with your parents. We've seen a lot of that after, especially with like Viva La Bam and uh, all well, that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're watching that, and you're you're watching it under the premise of like, oh, Bam Margera's making millions of dollars producing the show currently. Yours was far different because you were doing this with your parents before that, and they are authentically mad at you yeah. in these <laughs> in these bits. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, this is something that I think has. I mean, it's been addressed in like every interview. Yeah, that you do is like the amount of people that have just stolen your shit. Uh, you know, I love I love all those shows, but you gotta you gotta be uh, you gotta be political about it, you know. You gotta be. You gotta. You don't want to shit on these people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't right. really want to, because you know, yeah. like I said, I was inspired by David Letterman, and right. you know, he, you know, yelled out of his window with a megaphone, and I went yeah. out in the street with a megaphone. So you know, right. you're inspired by people. I mean, I, mean, I think I, that there's. I mean, I, I'll say what I honestly feel about it. I'll yeah. Say, I, I don't. I don't have to be that political. No, please. You know, but I, I'm also not going to go on and on about it. No, no, no. The thing that really bothers me. The only thing that really bothers me about it is when they did the exact same bit. Oh, yeah. When, when people do the exact same bit. Yeah. And there are, I mean, I think every single bit that show, I ever did yeah. has been redone. Right. So when I see someone doing the exact same bit, I think, uh, I, I, I'm, not really, I'm, not really, I'm not really mad at them. Like if someone goes and paints their parents' house or paints a car or you know, goes out in the street on crutches with casts on yeah. and falls down or scuba dives in, in a water fountain. Right. Or, you know, whatever, whatever. When I'm seeing the exact bit, I look at it and I just think to myself, you know, when we thought of that yeah. in, you know, 1995, yeah. when we thought of that, when I say we, my friends and I sitting yeah. around, a lot, of, a lot of it was me thinking of it with my friends. But, right. 
you know, it was so far out of the box yeah. that we would sort of think of it and then we'd say, are we going to do that? And when we, you know, as we're painting my parents' house and sitting there in the bushes and filming <laughs> them coming home, and there yeah. was nothing like that on television. Right. We were just sort of looking at ourselves like, can you f- fucking believe? Yeah. Can I swear on here? Oh, so oh absolutely. Yeah, can yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. believe what we're doing right now? This is insane. So yeah. that was sort of the joke. The right. joke wasn't necessarily the bit the joke was the fact that we were actually following through doing it the right. fact that we thought of it in the first place and then so when i see someone else do the to, exact same yeah. bit i think well it's it's that that whole element is gone you know they're yeah, just sort of absolutely. recreating something the that, edges are softened yeah and, yeah. yeah different when rounded. you have production insurance and uh, first ad and like yeah. people safety and yeah. it's like well, like when when we decided in 1996 to fill my parents house with farm animals okay <laughs> you know yeah that's crazy yeah. your parents come home from work Three and there's a donkey before. and a llama and sheep and all this stuff in the yeah. house and there's pissing everywhere and it's crazy but you know what's even crazier than that is just thinking of doing it yeah <laughs> like the idea uh, is crazier than actually executing the idea yeah so I, i'm more proud of just having thought of doing it than yeah. actually having followed through and done it it's crazy right. to follow through and do it so then when when i see that exact bit which i've seen exactly that bit or i see people waking up their parents in the middle of the night you know it's like when we i remember the first time i woke up my mom and dad and three o'clock in the morning <laughs> it was a total sort of spontaneous thing we we were we would do my public access show every Thursday night live mm-hmm. on on TV, and um, and so we had to have you know the show was I'd sit in a studio, I'd have a local guest, I'd goof around with my friends, we'd have a local band on, and then I'd throw to a clip of me out on yeah. the street, and we had, we always had to have three or four clips, right? And it was the night before the show, and I'd been busy that week, and I only had two clips and I needed another clip and yeah. my friend the cameraman was dropping me off at home at two in the morning after we'd finished yeah. a bit and I looked into the back seat of his car and he had a Bon Jovi live in New Jersey VHS <laughs> video cassette uh-huh. in the back of his car uh-huh. and I thought like that's pretty funny that you have a Bon Jovi live in New Jersey v- VHS uh-huh. video cassette yeah. in your backyard. Just that's funny. I said, let's go in and wake up my parents and see if they'll watch it with me. And that was yeah. the first time we ever woke up my parents, <laughs> trying to get my parents to get up on a work night to go watch Bon Jovi live yeah. in New Jersey VHS video. They didn't get up and watch it, but they got really mad. And that was that was the beginning of us waking up my parents. And we ended How up many waking- times did you... So then we then then we realized that was funny waking them up because we realized <laughs> that you know they're sort of not in their full element you know they're waking right. up they're sort of half asleep they're kind of gonna you're gonna get a good reaction mm-hmm. so then we woke them up you know the next week with uh, uh, Highland dancers <laughs> um, you know like with bagpipes and stuff yeah and then uh, then we brought in sort of a few you know we brought in sort of a, a bunch of dancers one night into their room yeah. And then after doing that a bunch of times, uh, you know, we, we had to up up it a little bit. So I brought a, uh, well, we had a, we had a, I don't know if I want to say this because I know you've got young people listening and they're sensitive. Not that young. No, I mean, Not there's that young. the young young people are no, sensitive. No, but nobody under is, eighteen, kind of. Well, there's but maybe we, like one. we had a, we had a no, decapi- we, say, we had a decapitated cow's head. We happened to have that. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. So I brought oh, that Jesus into my Christ. parents' bedroom at yeah. four in the morning to give it to them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the scene from The Godfather yeah, where yeah, he yeah. wakes up with yeah. the horse head in the mm-hmm. bed. This is a message from Don Corleone. <laughs> uh-huh. It says Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. Yeah, right. That's the bit. Yeah. 
So anyways, uh, yeah. you know, that we had to start upping the ante. Okay, then we walked damn. into their bedroom at four o'clock in the morning once with Monica Lewinsky. Oh, right. That, yeah. But that yeah. was later. That was when we run MTV. And that was the last time we woke them up in the middle of the night because I knew yeah. they were no longer getting surprised when you know my yeah, dad wakes like, up at two okay, in the morning and monica Lewinsky's in his again. room and he said oh hey monica how you doing good to see you <laughs> not even surprised yeah. so and that to me is always sort of the most important part of, of 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 these kinds of bits is that the element of surprise has to exist so if you're doing something that's been done too many times before it no longer really has the same kind of yeah essence. i mean like i i think in terms of like people doing post Tom Green stuff there's only like a select few that are doing it well I think Eric Andre is amazing yeah and, you love know. Eric yeah um and yeah you, you, yeah you did something on yeah. but I did see show. him suck milk out of a cow's udder the other day oh really yeah and and you know I, he did not give me credit for that wow because I I started that give Eric give so him, Eric give him yeah. his, next time you suck milk out due. of a cow's udder at least put it on your Instagram <laughs> say hey you know I guys I saw this on the yeah, Tom Green show Tom yeah yeah, he royalties. I that mean, was we'll that was that. my bit. Yeah, I don't know if I should be proud of that, but a lot of well, a lot of um, animal stuff. I saw him do that on Instagram a few weeks ago, and I thought, wow, that's like that's my bit. Sucking yeah. milk as a that's my bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta address it. So it's kind of like yeah. you know, I I love Eric, but it's like when you do the exact bit, you know, right? Come on, say something. Yeah, you know, it's um. Yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of animal based stuff, both in the pranks and uh, in the movie. And I'm Canadian and I grew up in the woods. Yeah, I grew up like fishing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we would do these road trips. Right. And yeah. we would be driving through the middle of Canada <laughs> uh -huh. and, uh, you know, like Eminem raps. I just want to go on TV and let loose, but I can't. But it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose. Right. My bum Classic. is on your lips. Right. That's yeah. from Slim Shady. Right. Yes. That's a reference to me humping a dead moose. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's talking about. When he right. says, I just want to go on TV and let loose, but I can't, but it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's talking about me humping a dead moose. Yeah. And that's oh, what he's talking about. Yes. I knew exactly yeah. what he was talking so, about. So, I mean, that, that, that comes from you're driving from, uh, you know, through Canada for days <laughs> uh -huh. looking for videos to shoot. And there's yeah. some roadkill at the side of the road. Right. And it says giant dead moose yeah which is interesting right yeah it's already dead no it's harm, already no foul. dead you got it and i was trying to revive it by the way too it wasn't sexual i was trying to revive revive the thing so that was yeah. performing cpr on this moose right it was misinterpreted <laughs> as humping by yeah. passers-by okay maybe yeah. it looked like i was humping it but i was actually trying right. to revive it yes and uh you know it was, it was actually active you were doing animal activism i was trying to i was trying to save the moose yes yeah. I was trying to save them. It was, <laughs> the body was still warm. You were helping. Right. Yeah. I performed CPR on the damn thing. Yeah. So, they, Eminem. So, I think you need to issue Eminem, an apology. Eminem, please apologize. Yes. But I love animals and uh, <laughs> I've, I've had dogs and I had dogs. My dogs died. I'm sorry. But uh, they died of old age, two huskies. But I've, I've always sort of been very comfortable around animals. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, in order to suck milk out of a cow's udder, you have to be comfortable. No, absolutely. And love animals. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, I was just I, milking love. it. I was just milking it. Yes. With your mouth. Yeah. Just yeah. Milk. Same, That's you know, the same, same way end that result. a baby yeah. cow would drink yes. milk. Yes. Yeah. I was just... Probably feels a, more natural for the cow. baby even. cow. Yeah. Well, I, I was putting Jack on to Freddie Got Fingered. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of animal yeah. stuff yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, a lot. Yeah. You you, uh, you milk a horse. Yeah, and an elephant and as an well. An elephant. elephant yeah. yeah, and that's like a pretty. Like get like inside a, a deer carcass, like Luke Skywalker did the <laughs> yes. Tauntaun and Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, written and directed. Yeah, 
by a Tom Grit. Yeah, it was. Cool. I mean, so, uh, that movie is absolutely out of control. Yeah, we. I just rewatched it to yeah. get context, but that's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, even too, because then you know. Well, because that's yeah. There's like, but I, uh, but I'm also I'm a fan of everything in yes. terms of like, like I. Um, I, I think like people talk about that all the time, but I watched the Webovision show. Like, oh, cool! When I was yeah. like, you know about the Webovision? No? In this is kind of like Webovision right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely, right no, like all of it. Like that was the two thousand and three to uh, two thousand and eleven era. Yeah, yeah, because I that was life. like about when I graduated high school in twenty eleven. Yeah, and so like, I think that honestly, like basically. Like when I was a kid, I I and like during the MTV era, and like when the Bum Bum song was like number one on TRL for I don't know how many weeks. It was only number one for a week because MTV made they me shut retire. It down. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been number one for it would have been much for at least another week for sure. But they wanted to protect, you know, the music industry. There, you know. Yeah, I think what's like what's crazy about that is um, when I look back at around the time when the bum bum song was on like the number one on MTV TRL, which was like at, for our age, that was like meant everything, you yeah. know? Uh, it's funny to think back to that era because in a vacuum for me, I was like, Oh, this makes sense. Like, yeah. of course the bum bum song is number one right now, but looking back on it, it was a very crazy time to be alive. Well, yeah. And pre- and I, I we've talked on the show about pre nine 11 culture, like things changed so much after uh-huh. it was, but right before it was like, so absurd, you know, yeah. the MTV, you were on MTV retiring the bum bum song because they made you. Mm-hmm. It was just like a, a preposterous time, like the peak of absurdity on there. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I have like, you know, I have behind the scenes, like crazy political, like details <laughs> about what happened there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Stuff that people don't know. You talking about MTV it, or 9/11? About about no no not 9/11. Not <laughs> <laughs> 9/11. About 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 the Bum Bum song getting Oh really? And why and why that happened? Can what we happened? talk about it? Oh yeah, I can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it's people don't know what happened there. I mean, I can li- give you like crazy scoop right now. First of all, would, Total Request Live was a show on MTV <laughs> where right. people would call in and they would request yeah. uh, their favorite song. And and then the most requests would win, and it had all the big artists and Britney Spears and J Lo and NSYNC, all these people in sync all, all were on the countdown, yeah. right? All the Lou Pearlman, yeah, it was all these big bands, band, all the biggest bands, bands in the world were on the yeah. countdown. So we went and made this really stupid song <laughs> called the Bum Bum Song, which we recorded in Seattle and re- shot the video in an <laughs> afternoon and. You know, my show was popping at the time. It was the number one show, you know, on MTV. Mm-hmm. And we thought, but we weren't affiliated with Total Request Live. That was a different department. Right. So we were kind of thought, this will be a fun razz yeah. on Carson Daly. Yeah. Let's premiere the video on our show, tell everybody to vote for it, <laughs> and send it to number one. Yeah. Not knowing if it would work, but it did. The next day, it was the number one most voted song on Total Request Live. So the next day, it was number one on TRL. In fairness to TRL, like they they, they put it number one because it had the most votes. Right. So it knocked everything off. So the the day after that, yeah. this was like a like a Wednesday or something. Yeah. It was number one again. <laughs> so now we get a call, meaning my agents got right. a call yeah. from 
the head of MTV, you know, the people in charge yeah. of everything. Yeah. And they said, Tom has to retire the Bum Bum song on Friday. And oh, we were wow. kind of saying, why? I mean, so why? I mean, it's number one. We got the, if they're voting for it, let's see how long this will go. They said, yeah. no, you're not allowed to tell anybody this. But next week, you know, Carson is, is taking the week off. It's, it's, he's got to go somewhere. So we've pre-taped the whole countdown next week. It's all oh, fake. Wow. It's wow. all fake next week. It's rigged. It's, next week, we've basically, you know, it's not rigged in the sense that it's not normally rigged, but the next week, they faked it, it was to sort of week. match loosely what it was that week. Yeah. And because we hadn't coordinated with them in any way and told them we were doing this, we just dropped it at the wrong week. And so... You know, it would have made no sense if on Friday we were number one three days in a row and then the following Monday after the weekend we weren't even on the countdown anymore. So the only way to, to fix that would be they would have had to like not air TRL next week, reshoot the whole thing, which right. they weren't prepared to do, mm -hmm. or have me walk in and retire it on Friday. So, you know, I argued this. I said this is not fair. Da -da, right. for, but then after a certain point, you know, I realized, you know, I mean, these are my bosses here. I, yeah. uh, I might as well just go retire it and, 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 and play it cool with everybody. Yeah. But I was, I was not happy about it. It wasn't fair. Yeah. No. Because, you know, I think what happened there, what actually happened there, which is really, I think, unfair to the viewers, um, and I'm not even making about me, it's just about yeah. the fact that the viewers at that time watching MTV yeah. were watching my show and they realized... Oh, this show's like coming from a different place than this corporate yes. bullshit TV shit that gets crammed down our throats right. every day. And they love loved that. They loved seeing this. It was what YouTube is today. They were seeing something yeah. real for the, the counterculture. For the first time, people yeah. were seeing something real. Skateboarders and people that like music. They, they, they were seeing something that was different. And so they put it to number one. They voted for it. They got <laughs> yeah. to number one. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it it's just sort of unfair to them that that didn't get to continue well, and keep going. Yeah. It's, I, I, voters, it's a voter suppression. Yeah. yeah. And the voters were essentially saying to MTV, you know, all this music's bullshit that yeah. you're putting number one on the countdown. Right. And they, 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 they said that, and I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of unfair that they didn't know that happened until now. So, you know, I've mentioned this in a very few places. So yeah. your audience this now is a, knows. This is interesting. Even YBS exclusive. Yeah, exclusive. But it's yep. interesting that they're even able to tape... TRL pre-tape it because it was like such a big thing. People would yeah. go outside in Times Square. Yeah. Be a whole thing. Yeah. yeah that, like, I feel like exteriors. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't yep. that. What if it was storming outside that day? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. that destroy the illusion yeah. of yeah. live TV? If you show up to, cause I'm surprised nobody noticed, you know, yeah. wait outside yeah. Times Square with the signs. Yeah. And so they go and the studio is empty. Carson's yeah. gone. Um, he might not have been in the studio that week, but you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was prepackaged. Pre wow. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I went in on a Friday and I retired the bum bum song and I got given a retirement home plaque <laughs> and it's hanging on the wall of my recording. Oh, you studio. still have it. Wow. Yeah, it's hanging on the wall of my recording wow. studio today. Number That's one song amazing. in America. But I, I sometimes like yeah. to think, you know, I wonder how long it would have been on the countdown for. Did you sell it as like a record? It was never for sale. Hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, it was the number one most downloaded song of the year on Napster in wow. 1999. Yes. Some people say that was kind of a 
the song that really made people discover the, that they could download music. Yeah. yeah. You know, essentially, you could say that the Bum Bum song ruined the music industry because <laughs> yeah. it was unavailable. Yeah. The only place they could get it was on Napster. Yeah. And, and so, then that opened a whole new world yeah. where people were like, oh, yeah. I don't have, I yeah. can just. Oh, I got the Bum Bum song free. I guess I'll get everything for free. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Napster era. So, that could be- so I ruined everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, destroyed the music industry. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think. I would say eventually that timeline led to Spotify, yep. led to Apple Music, all of that. Yeah. So you kind of you destroyed the music industry, but you also created a whole new streaming. industry. Whole new industry where in a way musicians don't make any money. Great. <laughs> <laughs> they make it kind of the streaming is like I think it's stream- kind of fucked, right? I think streaming is, figuring it out. is sort of a ripoff for the for the artist. Yeah. Certainly. I think yeah. labels, record labels are the ones to blame for mostly everything, you know, if you had to trace it all back. I look at it like this. I just put out a record on vinyl. I just put yeah. out an album on vinyl. I have a little recording studio at home that I yeah. like making beats and I stuff. I see you still. go live on Instagram sometimes. I've been doing that lately. Yeah. I just started doing that. Uh, so people see that? Do music live. You saw yeah, that? Yeah, you get a I notification. Wow. Yeah. I, I see it. People see that? I, yeah. Maybe I should I, stop doing that. I didn't realize people were watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, no, big, uh, big supporter. Man. So that's my, my little studio, and I did this record, and I put it on vinyl. But I think if, if you love a, a band... You know, which or an artist, I think you should go buy a vinyl copy of their record. Yeah, and get a true. record player because that actually is a direct revenue stream to the artist. You know, absolutely yeah. streaming it on Spotify. I don't think they get they they get two cents or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so. do get like literally two cents. I think some maybe yeah. less. I know. I, I think less. I mean, you guys <laughs> grew up with CDs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Kinda. tail end. Yeah, so I, I mean, did. Yeah. I grew up with cassettes. Wow cassettes yeah. and, and vinyl but really i had records and cassettes but i mean there was something that i loved about that which again to all the young people listening who don't know what a cassette or vinyl <laughs> is you know the cool thing about it was you would go buy an album of your favorite artist you know and let's say you're listening to billy ellish <laughs> oh sure. yeah, right. I don't. I mean, I let's don't. Let's say you're listening to Billy Eilish. You love like, Billy Eilish, right? Is this the generation is this below the one me? That, is this the one that everyone? Um, loves? That's a good example. That's you know. I would say. Let's say you're running out to pick up the <laughs> uh, the uh, the the Juice World record. <laughs> uh, okay. Sure. Okay. The Juice sure, World sure, record. Sure. Who I love. I love Juice World. You know, you would get the all of their songs. Yeah. That they recorded that year all at once. You'd have. A tangible thing that you can hold. Yeah. You'd sit in your room, you'd put it on, and it would play in order. It would play in yeah. the order that he wanted it to play, right. that Juice As World intended. intended it to play yeah. in. And it was like a little movie, a little mm-hmm. story. And you'd sit back and you'd read the liner notes and you'd look at the pictures on the album. And then you'd ha- and then you'd take that album after you'd listened to it, and you'd put it up on your on your shelf with your other albums. And you had like if you were like me, I didn't have a lot of dough. So, you know, you had like 10 albums or something like that or yeah. 20 albums. You know, I had, I had, you know, my album collection was, you know, Craftwork, Electric Cafe, Boogie Down Productions, uh, you know, Tribe Called Quest, Beastie Boys, Run DMC. You know, I had like ten, I had 12 records or something like that. Yeah. And then you just listen to them over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And you'd memorize every detail of the album. That was, that was 
in some ways cool. Yeah. Now music is so disposable in some ways. You listen right. to it, you stream it, you listen to something else. You never really yeah. fall in love with the nuances of the music. You know? That's right. true. I think a good thing about uh, what internet did for music is that it gave access to people. Because if you lived in like a small town your record supplies were like limited to wherever oh, yeah. you lived, you know? Yeah. You don't and have then, like, if you're, if you're not living in like a cool city. Yeah. And without a, you going out a full Napster, yeah. going on a full Napster tangent. I mean, I look at, I think the world was ripe for Napster at the time because I remember being young, buying CDs like at the mall, you know, the prices of the CD went up, the music quality was going down and the mm -hmm. actual like a CD getting a CD wasn't great like it wasn't very it's not like holding a vinyl record you yeah. know yeah. big printed art the quality and they're the like CDs, 21 dollars yeah. my new record by the way the tom green show available at ship media.com yes. has the bum bum song on it Ooh, and it's the oh. only time it's ever been released wow. uh, for sale is so it, you can own not, the bum bum song it's not streaming uh, it actually is available digitally. It is also. Uh, I don't available know if it's streaming, digitally. but it's available for purchase. But digitally. you should buy it. On Probably is vinyl. on Spotify. Yeah, I think it is streaming on Spotify too. Yeah, but uh, I just remember being a kid the then stuff. and like. But the vinyl's green. Oh wow! Green vinyl, yeah, limited wow. edition, collectible. Okay. Go buy a record player at Urban Outfitters. Love that. Those oh record yeah, players, I mean, those oh, record well, players aren't very good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not good, one. and they yeah. they did this. Get uh, a good record player. The um. The last time I popped into a, an Urban Outfitters, which I don't do, their record collection's hilarious. <laughs> it's they're very, it's a very, yeah, the a very bad record collection at Urban Outfitters. But um, they were selling this like, I posted a picture of it on Twitter. Um, this like vinyl that's like a fake. The cover is a fake mix CD that says like my '90s mix, and yeah, then it's yeah. like songs by like TLC and NSYNC yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah. But it's just like. It's just a bad mix CD, but like pressed to vinyl and then sold for like way too much. Surprise, the very metal. Not yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should, it should have been. It was yeah, uh, robbed. Yeah, yeah I, I, huge snub. But uh, well, I love vinyl. Yeah. I did college radio when I was in high school. I worked at the college radio station, yeah. and I would go down to the radio station and i had this thing called a dat machine which oh, was yeah. a digital audio tape recorder yeah which was very ahead of its time in yeah. uh in 1994 it was as ahead of its time as you could possibly be and uh and uh i went would go down to the station with my dat machine and i would find all the loops and all the jazz and funk records you know basically samples and uh, then i would go back home and i would take it from the dat machine and load it into my sampler and I'd make beats. So I've sort of, you know, if you talk about digging in the crates, right? I, I, like, I loved yeah. digging in the crates as a kid, you know? I, I loved going through vinyl and finding really cool, interesting records and music. By the way, if I'm, first, first, if I'm talking too much, right? Absolutely tell me, no. I don't want to talk too no. much. But no. secondly... I mean, this this episode is a is a change of pace, but in... In a very, very good, good way. way. Yeah, like I've got a lot of energy because I, I went to bed early last night because yeah. I want to have energy for your show. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah, I didn't want to show up hungover and, Absolutely. you know, like in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. So I prepared for this. Thank you. But I also, uh, I also want to say, I, I want to clarify, like I'm not 75 years old. Okay? No, this no. The no, audience no, is no, starting no, to sound like this. Like, 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 like,
video cameras and music streaming. Yeah. Like I'm 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 47 years old. I'd like to clarify. Right. I know that's probably sounds like 75 years old to a lot of of young people, <laughs> but it's not. No. It's much younger 47 than 75 is years old. A good age. Yeah. 47. And I mean, this I, topic like if it was a any other person talking about it, it might be a different uh context, but you I mean, your show and uh you really shot up to fame in what I consider to be like a massive cultural turning point. Napster had just came around. Uh, co- mm. ma- culture was shifting. That was like the, the last big era of MTV. TRL was huge. It was the boy band era. Yeah. Everything was like kind of coming to a, I don't know. It was well, like a like critical like mass almost. Most of MTV, that's, well, I, I say, mo- I, yeah, I, I guess most of it was pretty sanitized besides like Daria and... Well, that stuff what was still is, cool Beavis compared to now. Yeah. Beavis amazing. and Butthead yeah. was yeah. perfect. That was on before my show. Yeah, was, Beavis and incredible. Butthead, that was early yeah. uh, early 90s, right? Yeah. Like mid-90s. Yeah. Um, also, Clone High was like around this. You were on... Yeah, I was on an episode of you that. You were on and an episode of Clone High I'm as an yourself. albatross. And now Lord and Miller make everything. Yeah. And the Clone High guys like... It was Celebrity are, Death Match. That was kind of weird. Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But Were yeah. you ever on that? I think I did, yeah. Craig Kilborn and I fought, I think. Did you both play yourselves? Well, we didn't do the voices. They just we just showed up on the show one day oh, and Craig okay. Kilborn ripped my head off and threw it through a window or they something. Should have, you would have <laughs> you would have played yourself. Yeah, them? I would have, sure, yeah. yeah. I, I did my voice on Clone High, yeah. Right. That was me. Yeah. I'm an albatross. Um, flapping my albatross wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, all the Did you ever watch Clone High Jack? No. It's great. Oh, it's yeah. like it's a, it's so funny. What was this on? It's like 2001, okay. I think, and those the guys who created it, like they made like 21 and 22 Jump Street and like the Lego Got it, movie, yeah, yeah. Lego, you know, whatever. Like now they like make these like blockbusters, but nobody really watched it at the time. It was like a one season MTV show. Yeah, but it was like perfect. Um, I think back to what we were talking about. Yeah, the bum bum. What's interesting about the bum bum song? You pointed out like you could only get that on Napster really because it wasn't even released. Yeah. So I remember like biking over to my friend's house because he had the internet to like download that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dial up and you had listen- to wait yeah. 15 minutes for the song. So to that was like it was a time where you know pop culture started moving faster than the industry could keep up with it. Yeah. The TRL is like an example of that, and then like Bum Bum song like if you want you had to pirate it. There's mm-hmm. no you couldn't just go buy it, and yeah. things just started moving too fast. Um, yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it was like a wild time. You, I mean, your career trajectory, you kind of shot to fame very quickly. When it went, when the show went on MTV, yeah. What was yeah. that like? But there was like a lot of buildup before yeah. that. And then all of a sudden public access MTV. Yeah. 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 And then- it was 10 years in Canada flailing around wondering what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> and then the second it went on MTV, my whole life changed for sure. Yeah. It was, it was a very exciting time. Yeah. It was exciting. I mean, it was it was cool. I uh, got to do things that I had dreamed of doing my whole life growing up doing comedy. I dreamed of of being on Saturday Night Live. I got to host Saturday Night Live. It was sort of uh, I got to go as a, go on Letterman as a guest who was my hero. And you, you know, like guest hosted it, right? Got to guest host it. That yeah. was a few years later. That was in 2003. But in oh, 1999, okay. the very first show I ever got to go on was Letterman. Wow. And uh, 
and Oprah. So, you know, it was like you're, yeah. you're, you're sitting there, you're a kid from Canada, your parents have been kind of questioning whether or not you're, <laughs> you know, wasting your time, yeah. you know, with all these stupid videos that you're doing. And then Actually, all of a sudden... they didn't call them stupid videos, but these weird videos. And then all of a sudden you're on, you're on American TV. And my yeah. parents came on Saturday Night Live with me. And uh, Yeah, I, the, so. I mean, I, uh, I showed Jack... Uh, a bunch of we were just rewatching them. The I also I saw the episode when it aired live too. I mean I but yeah why, watched very it live. We just wild monologue of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. well yeah. I, I what I like about the episode a lot is uh, that they sort of like bended the knee to like your sensibilities. Yeah, and it is like a I I do recommend for the listeners at home. Uh, please try to find as much of the Tom Green SNL as you can. Because uh, there's like the Eagle sketch with Will Ferrell yeah. is like sort of a break in format from yeah. that show, and they were they were sort of you they had to play your game. Yeah, and and I uh, which is I, I think cool. that like you know if I could you know let me think about carefully what I'm about to say here. You know, there's something about the naivety of youth, mm-hmm. right? Like I was, yeah. In my 20s, I was, you know, so, like, basically excited about what was going on. Yeah. And also very driven and also, you know, very kind of, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to I wanted to make a point that my comedy was different. Right. I didn't want it to be normal comedy. Yeah. So I felt like my show was in some ways kind of like almost you know, making fun of television. Yeah. And so now I was on television, on right. real television, on Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I think I, you know, went in there maybe naive to the fact that, you know, maybe I should not push as hard <laughs> to try to make Saturday Night Live my kind of comedy this right. week. <laughs> maybe I should just go in and be cool and yeah. and uh, go with the flow and play the game. And play the game. Yeah. And so I, I sort of flip flop back and forth because I, I do know that like, you know, like I had my friends from high school worked on the show with me on my yeah. show. And, uh, you know, we all had kind of come up together. And then yeah. when I got asked to do Saturday Night Live, I said to SNL, like, I asked them, hey, can my friends who are writers, writers on my show, right? We were all calling ourselves writers now, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, like it, it went from yeah. like we grew up in Canada making these ridiculous videos. Right. And pulling pranks and, and and doing stuff and now all of a sudden we're on we're in america living in new york and oh we're writers now right <laughs> we're writers yeah we're right we're comedy writers now you know yeah. sure so <laughs> uh-huh. so uh you know when i got to mtv i said can my friends my writers come with me really yeah. it was can my friends come hang out and help yeah. out they said sh- so lauren michael said yeah sure and they gave us a little office but the bu- I think the buzz around SNL was he brought his own writers. Oh, you know, he brought his own writers, and I, and you, you know that do- that wasn't what yeah. it was. What it was is I wanted my friends from high school who right. had co- helped me with the show for years yeah. to, to be able to participate. How many friends did you bring? I brought two friends. My friend, yeah. two friends, and uh, they were writers. They were writers on my show on MTV. Now we all were living in New York, and yeah. we were, were we were writers. But I mean, it was at the time it was just sort of silly to be calling ourselves writers. You know, we <laughs> yeah. were coming up with stupid shit to do on television. You know, right. but yeah, we were writers, and uh, and I think it was some people might have been rubbed the wrong way by that. You know, and, and so in hindsight, I think well, maybe I should have just showed up by myself and 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 gone right. and done 
a tr- more traditional episode of, of Saturday Night Live because yeah. it did get a little weird. Right. Yeah. In good ways, though, I, think. I wish. I mean, yeah. I wish I could find the full episode. I just know that, like, when you hear years later that some people were rubbed the wrong way by it, I feel, yeah. it sort of makes me feel a little sad. Oh, sure. Because I think to myself, like, you know, like, I love Saturday Night Live. You know, it was right. an honor to be there. Yeah. And the only reason I was trying to sort of, you know, dis, you know, do it a little differently was because yeah. I wanted to sort of leave a mark. And I like wanted to have... show them how much I love. I wanted to show them how much I loved it by trying yeah. to do something. You know, my heroes were on Saturday Night Live. They were doing weird stuff, and everyone yeah. said, "Oh my God!" You know, when Adam Sandler showed up, or Martin Short showed up on right. SNL, or. Or, you know, all, all the great... I mean, first season, The great Kaufman, comedians. They were doing yeah. this insane stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do some insane stuff. Right. That's <laughs> fair. I think that's... Yeah. 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 I think you and should And also an element of just that. bringing your boys. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I'm sure there was an element yeah. of like, yo, can we come with? Yeah. Like to eat the food and hang out? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. So. Probably cool. a good amount of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I wondered that when watching it. Because another question I had... Uh, in terms of upping the ante and then when you were, I mean, you went from public access to the MTV kind of like in the MTV bubble, like icon of that generation. Then all of a sudden it was like mainstream success. Was there ever a pressure to like keep upping the ante and like be quote unquote, be Tom green, you know? So this is kind of like a, an interesting sort of moment. I think that, that people would, that have to kind of you have to kind of be able to identify that moment and I might not have necessarily identified that moment like the, the, what I'm talking about SNL speaks directly to that like yeah you know I was already hosting SNL I didn't have to go in there and tear the set apart you know yeah. but I did anyways you know <laughs> uh-huh. you know I could have you know and I think that um you know, but that's did you when you tear the set apart. There was a bit where we we did a, a bit called "Rock Around the Clock," uh-huh. and the bit was basically we set up some clocks, yeah. some grandfather clocks, yeah. and Will Ferrell and I sang "Rock Around the Clock" <laughs> uh-huh. and then smashed the clocks. <laughs> that was the whole bit. Great. You know, I think I thought of that. It was a whole bit, and it's yeah. really completely, you know, you know, uh, pointless, but right. uh, but silly. But you know, like so, you know, like. Yeah, there was this feeling that I had to do something. Ins- I felt I had to do something insane every time I went on a talk show, for example. Um, you know, I went on Conan and I showed up. I had, I had a suit made that was the exact yes. same fabric as the chair. But I didn't tell Conan that I was going to do that. Uh-huh. I just showed up with the suit. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it gets interpreted a little bit by them as, like, oh, is he pulling a prank on us or something oh, right. like that? And so, you know, I kind of feel like maybe in hindsight I should have just showed up. They interpret it as disrespect. Maybe. Sometimes. Maybe. Yeah. That's that's my fear, you know, because right. like in hindsight, I'm like, well, it wasn't meant to be disrespect. What it was meant to be was total utmost respect. Like I'm going right. to spend so much extra time and energy trying yeah. to create this bit, but I want sort of the element of surprise to be there for you guys so that right. you kind of like laugh so that they laugh, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, you know, I did a bit on uh, on Jay Leno where I rolled the J-bar out and I got drunk on, on the on the, on the the Jägermeister. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And so they on the Tonight Show, they have a bar that they roll around to all the rooms. And I'd yeah. done on the Tonight Show a few times at this point. Right. And I thought, like, isn't that funny and odd that on this mainstream show on NBC, they roll a bar up to right. every dressing room before. And yeah. there's Jägermeister shots and right. tequila shots. 
you yeah. know, they're trying to get the get guests liquored up. Right. So I thought that's kind of funny. So the next time I said went did the show, I was on yeah. there promoting my movie Stealing Harvard, right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. about to come out. I said, uh, hey, to the Tonight Show, I said, I got this bit. You know, you plan the bit out in advance, right? So I said, I, I want to roll the J-bar out, make it look like I just did it spontaneously. Yeah. So we get to the Tonight Show, and I'm backstage with one of my friends from high school who is like a guy who's a hilarious guy but also a bit of a shit disturber. Okay. And he says, do a shot before you go out, right? So I say, okay. So I take a shot off of the J-bar, right? Yeah. So the show hasn't even started yet. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And he says, do another shot. Pre-monologue. Yeah, pre-monologue. Do another shot. I'm like, I better not. You know, (laughs) know, we're young and we're idiots, right? So I do another shot. So this is all set up that I'm going to walk out with the J-bar with the show. Uh-huh. But what wasn't set up that before the show even started, I've done now four shots, right? right. <laughs> uh-huh. So now I walk out on like the an show. empty stomach. Yeah. So now I walk yeah. out onto the show okay. with the J-bar. Yes. And I do a shot of Jägermeister on the show and the whole audience goes crazy, you know? Yeah. I'm saying to explain what the J-bar is to the audience. Yeah. And then I get a huge laugh when I do the shots. And that's my fifth shot, you know? So oh, now, man. throughout the course of the interview, I do you know five more shots. Right? So now yeah. I'm like ten shots in. Yeah. On the Tonight Show. Obliterated. Obliterated. Yeah. And then and then uh, you know the next day, because of, <laughs> see to address your question, if I had done that earlier mm-hmm. in my career, right, it would have been a weird thing that some weird goofy guy did but instead i was coming on to promote a big movie uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it yeah. sort of it sort of got taken as a little bit too crazy mm-hmm. it was a full page article in the new york post the next day <laughs> oh, wow. why did tom green get dead drunk on the tonight show and they kind of wrote it up like yeah like I wasn't supposed to have done that. Right. And so, then it take it like robs you of your own narrative yeah. because it's like then they they run with it. Yeah. So the there press, is a, there is know. there was an element of not really knowing maybe the time to not be crazy, you know. But uh you know, did you I, have like a publicist at the time? I or? did, yeah. And everybody's Look, I mean, everybody was laughing at the time. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just second guessing myself. You know, I, I like right. to be honest when I come on podcasts. Yeah. And 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 because I, I, I you know I love your show, I want to be honest. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you and say I'm sort of analyzing it uh, from both sides of of it. Like, I mean, at the at the other end of it, you know, the next the other side of it is the next day, I'm like hungover. And I did have a cell phone now at this point. <laughs> yeah. And my cell phone rings. And this I is like 03? Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe a little before that. Maybe like, maybe it was actually, no, it might have been 01. 01. Okay. Yeah. 01. Um, Ceiling Harvard and Freddie Got Fingered came out the same time. Around year? the same time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Freddie Got Fingered came out first. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. um, so my phone rings. And I don't recognize the number. And I answer the phone. It was Howard Stern calling me direct. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know how he got my number. And he said, hey, Thomas, uh, Howard Stern. I just wanted to say, you know, uh, people don't pick up the phone and call people when they see something uh, in this industry that makes them laugh. And But I just wanted to say that you getting drunk last <laughs> night on Leno was the funniest thing I'd ever seen on The Tonight Show in my life. Right? And That's he amazing. went on and on and on about it. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. like, this is great because, you know, the New York Post was you know, giving me hell for right. it. And pe- people were sort of concerned, but then yeah. I had, you know, 
my hero, you know, Howard yeah. Stern calling me and, yeah. and, and, and giving me props. So it, it, it was kind of like, it kind of cut both ways, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's great. I yeah. mean, like, uh, I, I love no, that story, amazing. but it's, sometimes I think, you know, maybe I would have been better off to have gone on the tonight show and talked about my movie stealing Harvard. <laughs> I mean, in that category, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I don't a, think so. Was, you know, we worked hard on that movie. You know, What's funny a, is that, <laughs> you know, I... I um, kind of got overshadowed by the J-Bar thing, you know? You you just <laughs> uh, dove into, like, a totally different angle of that topic. That wasn't even... I was actually curious about a different version of that, but I'm glad we talked about all that stuff. Well, the version yeah. of, like, the opposite, where it's like, you know, when you're that hot at a certain point, um, you know, I think there's an element of, like, people just want a piece of that, you know? And sometimes I, I have to imagine you got hit up for like weird stuff too. And, um, you well, know, people really just... quick. What I do want to oh, say yeah, about the, the t- getting, getting trashed on the tonight show thing, yes. bringing out the, the Jays bar, like yeah. bringing out the bar cart is like, I think that there is, uh, there is like an element of like, sort of like giving a peek behind the curtain, just sort of like, yeah. that's that. Like, I think like, what makes talk shows boring most of the time is that people are telling rehearsed stories that they told in their pre-interview. Yeah. And, uh, it, it is like, it's a simulated conversation mm-hmm. and that's like, yeah. Or like, you know, they're, they're, it's, they're having like simulated fun. You know, Jimmy Fallon's like playing like board game, you know, fucking charades mm-hmm. with celebrities or whatever. And so for somebody to sort of like add chaos, mm-hmm to that, that was certainly is the like intent for sure right yeah and, and the problem is is sometimes us as creative yeah. analytical people right who totally analyze the medium yeah. at a much deeper level than the audience yeah oh yes uh you know we can make the mistake of yeah. trying to make it funny for us yeah and not realizing that like you know now now it's maybe different now because everyone is so much more media literate today than they yes. were 10 15 years ago and so it becomes a bit more complicated yeah and I, I do think that there is like an element of like now you can be so much more you can do things that are like specific or wild or chaotic or whatever and like have a niche audience that like fully understands what you're doing and like you're not getting any unwanted attention yeah you're only getting attention from the people that are seeking you out seeking out what you do and then when you well, like i mean you went from like underground to incredible like the most overground yeah you could be yeah and the like if you're on like the tonight show and you're there's going to be like a lot of like quote unquote normies. Yeah. I think, that I, I think and, I was uh, sort of like at that stage and don't life understand was, it. I, I knew there was a it. lot of normies in the world and yeah. I, I enjoyed making fun of yeah. the sort of the, the uptight culture that we live in. Yeah. But for some reason I figured that the normies would sort of get it when they saw it. Right. But there is a significant portion of people in our world that we'll just never get. Yeah. We'll just never get it. Yeah. Because they are so normy. Right. I like that word normies. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to use that all the time. They, 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 <laughs> they, they were so normy. They're yeah. so conservative. They're so uptight. Right. Uh, that, Especially that the, the, the tonight show. Like, yeah. And that's kind of Leno, like the difference yeah. between what's happening now in our world with the mm-hmm. internet and, 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 and broadcasting, you know, broadcasting, they got to yeah. appeal to all the normies. Right. As well. So, yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, so 
the other question I was going to ask would be the basically the opposite. Like those were examples where you were coming in doing Tom Green in places that maybe weren't ready for it. You know, were there any situations where it was the opposite where you're being, you know, you're asked to come somewhere and they're like, they're wanting the character Tom Green in a place that like, you know, maybe you weren't going to do it. If that makes sense. You're ready to be the person Tom Green. Sure. They're like, oh no, no, no. Like you got to do the crazy stuff. Well, that would happen just every day. Because yeah. people sort of would, uh, you know, would expect that I was going to show up and start, you know, swinging from the chandeliers <laughs> and then I show up and I'm a normal person. Yeah. And they would often be disappointed. Why are you just being normal? Right. <laughs> just in day to day. Why like are you you're being at, normal? Just at a restaurant yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why are you being normal? You know? Yeah. Um, but that I can't that I feel like that's that was probably kind of taxing on your soul. I think people maybe bit. misunderstood the fact that yeah. every time I was on television, I was kind of playing a character yeah. that was myself, but it was <laughs> right. a fake version or a, yes. not a fake version, but a, an amped up crazy version of myself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was an, it was a bit of a performance obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, at least maybe it's more extreme now, but I think now, with like agents and just kind of the industry, like you'll do something that works one time, like at the time. And then like the industry kind of looks at that as like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, just do that. Like, but again, they've all, that's again. always been, yeah. I don't know if it's different now or, it, you know, I think that it is like that now still because of the, because of the internet also, like True, I, yeah. I think that it's, that exists. I think that the, the whole, like, the relationship between like creatives and reps or whatever mm -hmm. executives, like I don't think that's changed that much besides the element of like, um, I, I think with the internet, uh, people's like fan bases and like who they are is it's, it's like a little more clear Yeah. now. Like there's like, you seem much more grounded than I was when I was your age. Though. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like you seem like, you know, I would say a more savvy person. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's that means yeah. a lot. Thank I was you. not a savvy person. I, I mean, I was a dumbass when I was like 23. Yeah. Even though I've have never I'm like so I'm like a small, you know, I'm like a I'm like an alt famous comedian. Yeah, but you've moved very similar experience that that I went through. You, 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 you had some great success very sure, young. Sure, sure. You've moved to Los Angeles. You're yeah. living here in Hollywood, you know, right. uh, the center of show business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but you seem more savvy to, you know, just human social, like when yeah. I met you at, Thanks. at, at, at the improv, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you were very nice and you invited me on the show and yeah. now we're here and we're getting to know each other. Right. Whereas, you know, I might have been too nervous of a, like, if I, if I, when I was your age and I met somebody that I recognized from television, I might have felt yeah. the need to, like, you know, like, I don't know, you know, do something really stupid right. or whatever. And maybe I, I would not have been able to kind yeah, of uh, I mean, interact as well. Like, I had, like... I, I, had, grew up, I didn't grow up in any sort of show business. I don't yeah. know, like, I didn't have any sort of understanding of how it worked. My dad was in the army. My, I had know, an Air Force. Yeah. Job. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was also in Canada and I was in Ottawa, Canada, which is not yeah. even like, uh, 
there's no show business. Right. So I was just very intimidated by everything, very overwhelmed by everything yeah. when I moved to LA. Well, it's like a huge whiplash. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I've, but I, I just like, um, you seem like you're cool with it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like but you're I've a cool. Also, you're a cool. You're a cool kid. You oh, know? thank he you. Loves I wasn't it. a cool kid. But I, but I, I couldn't hang out and talk to someone. But I've also, you know? I, I didn't. Uh, I've still yet to, and I may, I, you know, I don't know how big the comedy will get for me, but uh, like. I've never experienced that, what you experienced. And I have been messy in the past when I was, like, 23. Um, but, like, for me at the time, like, I was on, like... Like, you were on... You had, like, a Rolling Stone cover. I have, I've had, like, a Rolling Stone, like, blurb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just sort of, like... I think because culture is so much more oversaturated now than it is... Than it was before. Yeah. Like... I I think that there's ways that it's like harder to move around, but there's also like ways that it is like a little easier. Yeah, yeah. To figure it out, but I definitely, but I I have been, I I I got all of the messy stuff out of the way when I w- was like 23. Yeah, I think you but, know, like if it had now just just focus on the listeners right now. Like if you're as you're growing up, you know, like. You, you tend to look back at things as we've been doing right now, dissecting my life a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. You can, look at, you can look back at things and you can regret things that you've done or you can learn from things that you've done, you know? And I, 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 yeah. try, to, I try to not regret anything, you know? Yeah. I sit there, I talk about, you know, I brought my friends to Saturday Night Live. Do I regret that? No, I don't regret it, but, you know, I did learn from that. You know, maybe I yeah. could have done things differently here and there. So I think that's right. an important thing for everybody, you know, like as you get older, try to... Try to kind of, uh, you know, learn from everything and uh, move forward and be positive. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I used to, like, I don't know. I used to tweet too much when I was, like, 23. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was, like, that was, like, messy. Like, I would, like, talk shit or, yeah, like, whatever. Right, and right. just I didn't have, like, the work to sort of, like, have, like, a foundation, like, sort of a backbone yeah. to, like, sort of justify that yeah. kind of behavior. And so people are, like, oh, who's this, like, punk kid and i just sort of at some point was like oh i gotta like just focus on the work mind my own business do my thing and like yeah i'm a lot happier just sort of living yeah that way you know and And i mean twitter and everything is so new even now it's new yeah then it was brand new right no there was no definition of what you know yeah you know like i can't i cannot imagine i'm so so glad they didn't have Twitter when I was in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if can you imagine yeah. the the record of your thoughts it's out bonkers. there permanently for the? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so so happy that I was able to live yeah. an anonymous high school experience yeah. and not have every thought that I thought put online because you know the things yeah. that you would have said when you're young and you're growing Are, up and you're not. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't. Um, I I don't think I really started tweeting to like maybe senior year of high school but yeah. i went back and oh my god that's unbelievable but though. That's, yeah i didn't have I, it when i was in high i school. like the things that i would have said that i would have not <laughs> been able to take yeah. back you know and i mean i <laughs> i went back and i i just wiped like twenty thousand tweets like there's like 800 tweets on yeah. my account now because yeah. it is like how did you do that uh tweet deleter.com oh okay and yeah you can just delete an entire year's worth of tweets oh, just because it is like it is so like 
ephemeral and it's just fucking garbage. Uh-huh. Like it just, uh-huh. it doesn't need to exist yeah. forever. And so it's nice to just sort of like Thanos snap wow, that shit away from you out of your life. Amazing. And then just like only like, I, I like the idea of if somebody goes to like my Twitter or Instagram, like they can only see like, the work I'm doing, you know, like I, I do a lot of, I still post dumb shit and like I'll post yeah. dumb jokes, but I'll, I'll try to just do it like a couple times. A but week. now you're posting it within the context of what the, that means. Yeah. I just try to think the, of like the, the wider lens a lot yeah. and like mm-hmm. zoom out more than I, I used to like not really zoom out in my life, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I just think about Instagram too. Like, like the fact that, you know, virtually every day of my life has been documented since I got an Instagram page. I, yeah. I, po- I put a post up every day. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you saw my post yesterday. I, I bought some uh, foam and uh, <laughs> some springs and some gr- glue. Oh yeah. And some stickers. Uh-huh. And I made a, a comment now uh, sign. Did you see that? Go, go I did not yeah, see I, that. I, I went to the hardware store yesterday <laughs> and I bought some foam for a post. Yeah. For a post. Yeah. Well, I was in the hardware store picking up an <laughs> Allen wrench and then I started looking yeah. around and I thought like it wasn't for the post. It well, was no, is. but then I thought, oh, I'm going to get something oh, okay. for I'm my looking post. At it now yeah. the, you've created a craft yeah. that says comment now. Then I picked now. up some stuff for my post. Yeah. <laughs> it says comment now. The caption is yeah. also comment now. Yeah. When I, when I, I streamed <laughs> the making of that on my story as well, because uh, I was thinking yeah. that maybe with social media, with everything so digital, like arts and crafts aren't playing enough into, yeah. into our uh, sort of uh, posting. Right. So I made a little comment now sign out of foam and, and stickers. <laughs> but uh but uh <laughs> I mean well you've always been you've been pretty logged on since yeah the dawn of the internet. Mm-hmm. I started tomgreen.com yeah. in 1996. Oh wow. Pre MTV when we were doing uh, the show on cable on Public Oh Access. yeah. Yeah, so that's I, wild. So sort I of grew up with people commenting and 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 critiquing right. my my show and stuff. Yeah, which like you can't look at too much yeah but it, i just think like, like, like it's weird that now like i don't know if i've had instagram for 10 years or how long's instagram been around maybe eight eight years six, yeah six so eight. however many years i've had it you know every day of my life there's a photo of it and yeah. you know whereas i, I probably have maybe 20 yeah, years, yeah. 30 pictures of me from you know maybe maybe 40 pictures of me in the first 20 years of my life. Yeah. Like we didn't take a lot of pictures. Yeah. Growing and up. now you have 40 and, pictures from today. You know, like a day or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it's strange, you know, cause I, I find it weird when you meet people now, like if you, like if you're like, I'm single right now. Right. I, 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 oh. I, you know, I, I, I had a girlfriend recently. We broke up, you know, we can really get into like this being a cathartic uh, <laughs> sort of a, a psychoanalysis yeah. uh, podcast. Pod through the pain. But you know, whenever you start dating somebody, you know, yeah. now, you start dating them, and then there's that period where, if you if, if you didn't meet them on Instagram, right, yeah. then you then you discover their Instagram, right, and then you go, ultimately look at their Instagram, and it and is, then you start scrolling back, yes, yeah. and then you start to sort of figure out who this person that you're dating is, yeah, after you've started dating them, and you start yeah. learning all this information about them, that. Yeah pre-social media you would have never seen yeah. you would have yeah. never seen that so you would have only been able to get to know them well yeah in that real is time. sort of so good though too because like i mean i think a lot of people in uh you know generations below us yeah before even like 
instant instant background check they're doing. Yeah, like it's good, for, it's good for you as the person who's doing the checking, yeah, but it may not I've, be good for the person good. who's being checked. Yeah, I've, I've prevented some bad decisions <laughs> by doing, bad a, decision. doing a gram scroll. Yeah, where like you meet somebody in real life, they're pretty, they're nice. They seem normal. Mm. And then you look at their Instagram and you're like, who's this fucking sociopath? Yeah. Like, who's this right? fucking, like, climber weirdo freak? Right. You know? yeah. And that's what they're doing and, to us when they look at our Instagram. And then sometimes yeah. they'll, yeah. And then I'm sure that I've, like, interacted with a girl and then she's looked at my Instagram and, like, yeah. who's this? Well, yeah. I, Where I did I she go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not calling anymore. Dates. Oh, must have looked at the gram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before my sister goes on dates, I'll do like the background check for the guy. She'll before even accepting a date, she'll send be like, "All right, what's yeah. what do you what do you make of this guy?" Mm-hmm. And it's usually, you know, these are like kind of regular dudes. There's usually not a lot to work with, but right. I go deep. I like analyze. Look at uh, you no, know, does he good. have people in the pictures with him? Does it look like he have are there are there are there human beings that seem to approve of him? Yeah, you know? it's like you could uh, you could right. You Is could it notice just, when somebody's a freak. It's just like, all selfies. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the all, that's always all selfies on, in like, a dark r- room. Don't go Raya. on that date. Are the you man. on Raya yet? No. What's well, that? Oh, it's, if you're single, maybe if you're single, maybe that's it like the, Tinder or something like that. It is, but it's you have to like apply with your Instagram, and so it's and there's mm. no screenshots allowed. Mm. It was you don't want to be on you don't want to be on anything where people can screenshot yeah. you and then be like, oh look, I saw Tom Green I'm on, not on Tinder. Like that, it was yeah, supposed to be it was supposed to be for Raya is great. Yeah, yeah. Raya, I'm very pro Raya. I want to get on that. Yeah. Are you on that? I am, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. If you, That's great. If you, you it's just blow get up on now. Right away. I just told everybody. <laughs> I people. That, well, I can. I'll try to get you a friend pass, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm. I, I'm also sure that you can just. Yeah, I'm also that sure that you can. Yeah. You apply. Uh-huh. You apply, and you're verified you just, on Instagram. You'll get in. Okay. You just get in. All right, cool. You just send them your Instagram, and then it's you're like on. A, it's like a. And they're like exclusive yeah. club. And they're like yeah, Tom Green. Get yeah, get in here. Oh. Um, and then yeah, but it's also. I'd like to meet a nice person. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's the way to do but it. But then also, but if, but also, if you want to meet a nice person, you might not want to go. Maybe in real life. Maybe just yeah. Maybe just like have a friend set you up. Yeah. With somebody. Yeah. Just because like I mean there are nice people on. I went on a very nice riot date last night, but like for the a lot of a lot of times there's some very you know superficial. Yeah. Uh, people sure. on there in general, and I've I've also looked at especially it, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, fake LA, fake LA, fake LA, bro. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's a. Uh, There's nice people in Los Angeles. But too. yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of perverts and climbers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of, if I, uh, if I got like, on on, like if I got like, you know, if I got like rich, I'd probably try to find a way to not live here. Yeah. And then just come out here when I need to. Like, I do think that it's like, like Hannibal, like when he, when like Hannibal Burris, like got rich, he just moved to Chicago. Yeah. And then comes out to LA when he has to, which I think is like a great approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, why I'm, I'm, I'm going home to Canada for the summer. You know, I, I I kind of rather than move, I just go home a lot. Yeah. Some fish. Yeah. I go, I'm going to go fishing with my, uh, dad and 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 uh, hang out with my parents they live in a nice lake Ooh, and i got a lot of friends nice. in ottawa where i'm from did you help pay for the did you buy them no no they, they 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 uh, took care of it yeah i mean i've I, no they, they 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 have a nice place and yeah they uh i'm trying to catch some fish this summer 
I did yeah. a post where I was asking people in Southern California if they had a boat take me fishing, and I had people message me. I was crowdsourcing fishing buddies, yeah. which is the one time I would ever do that. I need, <laughs> I need the boat access. I need the people who know yeah. where to find the fish. Yeah, I don't, don't want to pay. I don't want to pay to be taken out on yeah, the tours. Yeah, I feel like there's not like a ton of people in our social circle that are yeah fishing. I sent a late night email to a fishing buddy last night. When are we fishing? Two a.m. Yeah. I was a wide awake watching a fishing show on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. Sent a two a.m. Sending fishing a you email. up. Yeah, I like sent a you up to a fishing buddy. I'll be catching some largemouth bass in two weeks. Oh, some, is there, uh, some northern fish, pike, eh? Do you ever fish in L.A.? Or like I haven't, I haven't fished in California. L.A. I haven't fished in L.A. Not much. This There's is like more lake fishing. Ton, more more right? lake fishing, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's so many lakes where I'm from. I want to... I got to... I'm, I'm going to Canada soon. Catch mm-hmm. some fish. Yeah. Uh, where are you going to be? Toronto? Um, We got it. We're, we're going to work on a... Toronto date, um, but I am gonna be at the Biltmore in Vancouver. Oh, nice! In and August. and, yeah. and uh, that's cool. Actually, yeah. I just I can I plug some of my dates. On oh your show? yeah, yeah plug some we, dates. Then. I think yeah. well, I'm gonna, I would like to cram in well, one more question. Oh, yeah, no, we, in, we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't yeah, have to. Yeah, because we we've done. Yeah. We're talking about stand up because I just I was just in Nashville yes. and I see and Huntsville, and Alabama. Saw I saw your poster. posters. So we're playing the same clubs. Yeah. Well, you get in your question and then we'll. Do you have Do you have a final? question i Anything? i'm i'm good i think we covered like a lot of ground i mean there's so much ground yeah we we meant to talk uh, about freddie got fingered but we didn't even which is that yeah i mean that's a might be a whole daddy would you hour. like some sausage yeah we <laughs> i i mean it's it's a it's one of the greatest uh postmodern dadaist it's getting a nice uh resurgence yeah, yeah with uh with um, people i'm so actually I guess very relieved. do you make money when people buy it on amazon I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. But damn. but just the fact that people like the movie and they're coming yeah. out to my comedy shows yeah. and you know like and 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 uh, enjoying it is uh, is is a nice thing because because when it came out it was sort of greeted by skepticism. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. and 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 now I've got a, I've got a lot of nice nice comments. Well, you about were presenting something that was not made for like critics or whoever two critics and it's like mm-hmm. of course they're gonna yeah not respond i well. think now with the internet and with people able to freely express themselves yeah. and information can travel freely right not being funneled through you know just the mainstream people are actually able to say i like this movie yeah and Absolutely. uh and now sort of a know, second life a lot of people like it a lot of people hate it you know yeah the normies <laughs> hate it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, exactly. out of control movie is that was uh, that, the, that was not the question but okay. i do have one okay so yes. let me think of how to group this together so we don't need to talk about this but i was very focused on watching a clip from the apprentice you sitting next to Dennis oh. rodman in front of the future president and Ivanka Trump. Yeah. I'm not even asking you about that. <laughs> I know I looked, the president. I look, looked at that yeah. and I was like... I know the president. That's an insane cultural moment. And the, pre- was, the president fired me. That's crazy. So <laughs> the question would be... what he yelled would, at me. What's the most out of control like cultural situation you got thrown in during that era? If, if that was the case, then feel free to pick that one. But I mean, other great, than that I would, even... I will say, uh, find Tom Green's This Is Not Happening clip for like a, a yeah. really good yeah. full Donald Trump story. But, but yeah, so in terms of like that era where you're just, you know, finding yourself in these like cultural situations, yeah. private or public, any well, of them. Well, I would say that like, first of all, when I did The Apprentice, that wasn't 
that was sort of years, years and years after the show premiered on MTV. So I was kind of, and, and, and he wasn't the president also. Certainly so not. he was just a reality show guy. So honestly, like at that time, it was kind of almost like I wasn't even really sure what the hell I was doing there. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I did the show because I liked the show. You know, I didn't really realize that Trump was going to become this sort of the president, first of all, and also the president that he is. Yes. You know, with with, you know, not to talk politics too much, but, you know, the divisiveness and all that stuff. Yeah. Before all of that happened, I was a fan of the apprentice. I thought the show was funny. I thought, oh, I could yeah. win that. I'm good at business. I, yeah, because he's like a he. If you take the you remove the presidency and just look at him as the guy he was in that era, yeah. he was a fun personality. It would be the equivalent yeah. now the of, of as like, if John Taffer became the president right, in 10 like years. Right, like if I, yeah. The par rescue guy. Like, at the time, like, I would, I was very much of the, like, I was of the, the mindset of like, oh man, like, imagine if Donald Trump had a podcast. Like, yeah. he'd be a great <laughs> podcaster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he's opened concentration camps at the border. He's yeah. Like, you throw that into a, the mix and it's not as much man. fun anymore. Yes. Yeah. Not as much right. fun anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't really necessarily going to ask you about the, the apprentice, but any, you know, what sticks out is the most like, dude, how did I even, where the fuck am I? What is like, this is crazy that I'm here moment. The day after I hosted Saturday night live, I got on an airplane and flew to London with my fiance at the time, Drew Barrymore, and we went to the to have dinner with uh, Prince Charles <laughs> at oh, St. Wow. James Palace for the royal for, for the royal premiere of Charlie's Angels, which was about to come out. Oh my wow. god! So I'm sitting there with Prince Charles, having a conversation about Peter Sellers and Monty Python and wow. organic farming huh. in a tuxedo, amazing with ten other people. <laughs> and we ended up having a like a three hour long dinner uh, with 10 people in a small little room. And that was probably the most what the hell's going on kind of moment, I'd say, of, of, of really probably my life, really. You know, yeah. Was very that sort of sort of even. And I had, the day before I'd been hosting Saturday Night Live, which was, <laughs> e you know, not was was equally as as weird. So. Right. So that was but that was that was very strange. Yeah. It's a it's um, a wild weekend. It was a wild weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a different era, too, because now you can be really famous um, in your own bubble because the yeah. Internet allows for kind of like a, you know, little clicks and uh, yeah. subcultures to really exist in a yeah. vacuum. But back then you got big enough where it was like, you had to know people had to know who you were, even if you weren't their target, they weren't your target demo. Right. It's like Tom green, which look is at, not a, you know. which is an unenviable position. It's not. Yeah. Like that sounds, but in some sense it was, I also am such a fan of, of just comedy. Sure. But just pop culture and creativity and, you know, so I get very uh, intimidated, e even though I interview people and have met tons of people yeah. now, I still get kind of intimidated when I when I'm suddenly in front of somebody who I've grown up watching on television. I get social anxiety, you know. Yeah. So more recently, like whatever it was a couple of years ago, they had that Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary party, right, where everybody who had hosted, everyone had ever appeared on the show yeah. got invited to this big party in New York. So I go to the party. And, uh, you know, there was a moment, this was another one of these moments, which was like you know, a couple of years ago. There's a moment where the show ends 
and it was live and then the show ends and they're off the air and everybody in the studio at SNL just kind of walks down to the stage and nobody left the studio for, you know, uh, an hour, half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. And then there was a party, but the party was no one left to go to the party because you're standing on the stage, the show's over. And the only people in that room were people that had basically been on the show. And I remember standing there at one moment and I'm looking around. And so within a foot of me, yeah, on one side, there's Paul McCartney and Keith Richards. Uh-huh. Okay. They reach out and touch them. They're chatting away. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Paul McCartney and Keith Richards talking to each other. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Right there. And then on the other side is, and there's Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Jack Nicholson, Donald Trump, Tom Hanks, you know, Bill Murray. Yeah. You know, everybody who's ever been on Saturday Night Live. And, and then I'm standing there, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. amongst all these people. And I'm looking around going like, where the hell am I? You know, this, right. and, and the funny thing about it was all of them, even the people I mentioned, I could tell that they were looking around going, this is really fucking weird, you know? So that kind of stuff never ceases to kind of um, amaze me, you know, when you're in those kind of situations. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so many people get jaded by that. Yeah. So it's... I I, I find it... It's great that you never stopped appreciating it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, should we plug? We can start wrapping it up. Dates? Yeah, go ahead and do. We're your doing plugs. stand-up comedy. We're we're doing stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Back to work. We're doing some stand-up. I, uh, we met we met through stand-up. Yeah, we met through stand-up. Yeah, stand-up brought us together. The Hollywood Improv, yep. and I'm gonna be at if you live in LA this Friday. When does this? Oh yeah, this comes out on July 1st. So July 5th, I'm gonna be at the Hollywood Improv Lab doing like a long set, trying to work out a bunch of stuff. So come to that. And July 14th is the next Brand Ward Ellen Friends at The Satellite. Please come to that. Um, Kate nice. Berlant Love and some other people. It's Neil great. Hamburger. Yeah, that's come come do it sometime. Yeah. Um, the 24th, July 24th, uh, I'm going to be at Nash in Nashville at Zany's. Great club. Um, great club. July 25th, I'm going to be in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live. And you've been there before? Great club. I haven't. It was the first time I've been there too. Great club. It's uh yeah, gonna be a nice run. And then Northwest States, August second, Vancouver, the Biltmore, August third, Seattle at the Vera Project, August fifth. You're going deep. Portland. Brother. I've I gotta plug these dates ahead of time. December yeah. August, get August your 5th, now August they're 5th, gone. Portland at Mississippi Studios. And August 16th, San Diego at American Comedy Company. And Jamel Johnson is opening those dates. And he's, amazing, as, as you know, great. I love all those places. A lot of those places I've been. I love those They're places. They're great. Spots. Okay, okay. Well, I, I'll go to TomGreen.com. All my dates are on there. But I'm, I'm just added a show in Ottawa. Uh, I'm going to be in Ottawa uh, in a week and a half uh, on the eight or two weeks. But uh, Ottawa, San Francisco, Irvine, San Diego, Edmonton, Austin, Oxnard, Las Vegas, Tacoma, Brea, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, and Raleigh, North Carolina. God, Those damn. are my upcoming shows. Where That's, where are you playing in Austin? I'm playing at a Cap City Comedy oh, Club. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I've only been there once before to, to that club, and I love that club. It's, so. a great, it's a great club. Yeah. And, uh, and check out my video, I Want to Be Friends with Drake. 
Okay. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. And it's my, it's also, my rap video. Also homework for, for my all the podcast song. listeners too. just jump on. I honestly jump on YouTube and search Tom Green and just <laughs> start because me and Brendan have been doing that all morning to refresh. And there's there's a lot of wild stuff on there. And that is wild and stuff. Go yeah. see this man live. Thanks so much for having me on the show, no, guys. Thank you for, really it, yeah, thanks you for really doing cool it. For the invite. I know, you know it's, it's really cool to get to talk to you and, yeah, and, and thank spend you. some time. Thanks, thanks. For, thanks for doing it, man. Cool. Thank you. Uh, bye.